0: It's HPR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence, continuing the latest episode of our Off the Road interview series, found at hawaiipublicradio.org slash offtheroad, where you can get links to subscribe to the podcast. And that includes part one with guitar legend Pat Matheny, back with a new album, Side Eye NYC, a live collection of new tunes and reworked classics. We're listening to it now. As we conclude two days with Pat Matheny in a conversation recorded at his home in upstate New York, for off the road give a little explanation for side-eye nyc and what your vision was when you came up with this hand-picked cast of characters and really a project name too
1: yeah you know i got maybe a little bit too good over the years at sort of coming up with designated areas for things like this was the pat metheny group and this is the pat metheny trio and this is the you know special projects that you know for me it's kind of all one thing it's one big, long story from the beginning to the end. And it's, you know, like these different chapters, like you said, with different cast of characters along the way. and. This time, I kind of wanted to build it from the ground up with the idea that it's going to change, that there's going to be maybe different incarnations of it with different guys coming and going. And the actual recording, like some uh, other records that I've had, yeah, I know it's a live record, but it's more like it just happens to be live.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not like, okay, we're going to make a live record. Because a lot of times when people make live records, it's like, you know, the hits and so forth. In this case, it's, you know, at least half new music. I've had a couple other records like that.
0: Was it all recorded at one gig, Pat? What's up with the recording? Uh,
1: Yeah, we recorded at a place in New York city. It's called Sony hall. It's not used that often as a venue. It's, it's kind of the basement of a hotel kind of right in midtown. It's like two or three floors below ground. And it looks like it has not changed since about 1937. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, it's really quite a place. We did record... A couple nights and I pick you know the better versions.
0: And some of the playing on here so rocking too. I mean you've done so many different things with your sound through the years but I was listening to the track Lodger. It has a, a climactic distorted guitar solo. What are some of the rock guitarists who have influenced you or that when you're playing something like that that you have drawn inspiration from?
1: Being a guitar player I have to admit I did seriously avoid distorted type stuff in the post-Mahavishnu era because it was so everywhere. It was so overdone to me, and nobody ever did it as good as John anyway. <laughs> so as much as I did kind of avoid it, yeah, I always dug Jeff Beck, you know, <laughs> and I always thought Jeff Beck was the, was the cat, and, um, of course, Hendrix too. Those were the two guys that always stood out to me because they both seemed to know how to play the melody.
0: We just had John on. John McLaughlin was just on not that long ago on the show. Uh, he's been our guest cool. a couple times on this Off the Road series. Always incredible to talk to him. Love him. I know you do. I know you do. And I actually mentioned you to him because uh, when we previously talked at the Blue Note, I had asked you to, to say, I mean, what you've said before. John is, just to clarify, you would call John, if not the greatest, one of the very greatest guitarists of all time
1: absolutely in terms of playing the instrument getting around the instrument man he broke it wide open (laughs) you know there had never been anything like that before
0: (laughs) when he was on he talked about um which I had never heard him talk about and I don't know that I've heard you talk about we were talking about some of the folks that we lost and we did not lose him to COVID but Eddie Van Halen John talked about him for a while had you ever met Eddie and what would you say about his playing
1: Yeah. I mean, I got to hear him warm up one night, which was really something. Tell the story. Um, (laughs) So we were on the same label, actually. I was on ECM, but it was distributed by Warners at that time. When you're on the same label and you see a lot of the same record company people, you have the possibility of going backstage and all that kind of stuff especially then because they were like really really famous right and i was a fan of his right away because he basically took the alan holdsworth thing to kind of the next slightly more digestible space heavily distorted which allows you to get to some stuff you know using hammer-ons and in his case the other hand and so forth And Alan was doing that in a very particular way, you know, in the early 70s, Eddie kind of took that to this other place. And then, of course, had this amazing presence as a person and as a performer that kind of allowed him to sell it in ways that Alan never in his wildest dreams could have, you know. But, yeah, I heard him warming up. It sounded really a lot like Alan in the warm up. And it was pretty, pretty amazing. Uh he had a lot of people if they have an amp at all in their in their dressing room, you know, it's a little thing. He had like two stacks of Marshalls <laughs> in his in his like little dressing room at the Milwaukee where the Milwaukee Bucks played. Uh we were playing the next night at the Paps Theater, which is a smaller theater. And so, you know, we went like, let's go hear Van Allen. Yeah, it was incredible. For sure, he didn't have a clue who I was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? This would have been like 83, maybe. Oh, wow. So the original band with David Lee Roth and everything.
1: Yeah. And not only that, we were all staying in the same hotel. And I mean, I got to see the up close, the thing, you know, of like hundreds of girls, you know, outside (laughs) and David Lee Roth kind of, you know, holding court in the bar. And I mean, it was like, wow, this is like a whole other thing here.
0: (laughs) 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 Wow, and you ended up in his dressing room watching him rehearse
1: yeah yeah it was sort of like probably the record company guy said hey there's this guy you know your guys are label mates and he'd like to meet you and oh he was super nice he was totally cool he was doing his thing warming up and and it was killing i mean actually what he played warming up was way hipper than anything he played on the Um, You know, it was really it was it was when I say the Alan Oldsworth thing by that, I mean, it was like beyond just playing on the, you know, kind of a pentatonic blues thing. It was like, you know, very chromatic and uh, really, really hip
0: that's funny you said all that about alan because that's the same thing john i mean it's amazing <laughs> the thought processes of you too. i'll
1: tell you something about john too he came to one of my gigs i, I didn't know john that well i, I mean i heard the Mahavishnu vision orchestra uh in 72 when they were like just coming along and it was it was unbelievable it was you know all the stuff that everybody ever says about hearing that band live i was able to experience that of course always held him in high esteem and then he came when my band was playing in Nice and he came and he he was like there for the whole gig I could see him like in the second row (laughs) he got it and we had a great discussion afterwards and you know my thing my guy is Wes Montgomery I mean it's like a thousand times more than anybody else and most people don't notice that (laughs) And John came up to me and he said, Wes Montgomery. (laughs) And I was like, finally, somebody, you know, noticed it, you know. And we've had great encounters over the years at various things where we've gotten to hang
0: out. And And you guys never played, though, huh?
1: We kind of, I mean, there was this thing at, you know, the Obama White House where where they had a bunch of us come and play. At the very end, everybody was on stage playing Imagine with Sting. (laughs) singing. And me and John were standing next to each other and and you know, it was sort of like everybody got one fill or something like that. But in terms of playing, playing, no. We never played together.
0: What an interesting thing, huh? I mean, that really says a lot. and That's your only time that you ever uh stood next to him.
1: The best part of that I mean, there were, that was a pretty great night, especially considering what happened to the country after that you know, that there was you know, Herbie Hancock was in the White House, you know. And, right. Um, but there is a great picture that comes from that, where John and I are standing right next to each other. And, you know, I'll always cherish that.
0: Some great memories and uh, storytelling, all, all as we talked about, Side Eye NYC. It's a new one from Pat Matheny, an adventurous tour. Our fingers are crossed for you, my brother. I hopefully, uh, if anything, like you said, we're just kind of like day by day adjusting to whatever might happen. I hope someday you'll be able to come back here i hope some national acts ever return to honolulu man we're in uh we're in such a spot with this thing we just like we were just about to start having national bands come back and then all of a sudden this thing just exploded again so um yeah
1: yeah, yeah well I, we'll get there you know and i tell that to the young cats too this this will be in the rear view mirror at some point you know and it's like we just got to hang in there and
0: i hope so I hope so. Did you have fun today? Was this okay?
1: Oh, I did. Thank you so much for inviting me, man.
0: High fives, socially distanced hugs and all that, (laughs) and and, uh, rooting on success. And and hopefully we'll get to see you again soon. Stay safe, my brother.
1: I hope so, too. Great talking to you.